0: So welcome to A Slice of Orange, a podcast on politics in North Orange County, California, with me, Jody Balma, Professor of Political Science at Fullerton College. Today's guest is Assemblyman Phil Chen, representing the 55th District. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Professor. It's a real pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be able to be on the podcast. I'm very excited.
0: Good. So congratulations, first of all, on your re-election. It was a, a, a very expensive race, and for my you know, postman, a a very heavy race of mailers, uh, uh, every day, um, for both, you know, the assembly and the Senate and Congress, really competitive races. So, um, you won by 55%. Uh, so that was a big, big margin. Um, talk a little bit about that election and, um, what you were seeing, uh, on, on the ground in the campaign.
1: Um, thanks for that question. Yes. It was an expensive race. Um, so the combined total was probably around $5 million or so as of yet so far, uh, $3 million from my opponent's side, uh, about 2 on wow. my side or so, which is, you know, it's crazy when you think about an assembly seat, which I'm not I saying is insignificant, but yeah. I am saying that $5 million is a lot of money that can be utilized for other purposes, which is right. fine. Everyone has their, their rights to express their their voice, sure. their opinion. Uh, So I certainly respect that. Um, However, I think when you look at- And the
0: post office clearly benefited from all that mail?
1: The post office clearly benefited from all mail. I'm not sure if the voters benefited from getting their mailboxes filled with not just mine, whether it's school board, city council, water board, senate, congress, et cetera, et cetera. But I think um, for me, I mean, uh, politics is something in which uh, whether you are um, far right, far left, or what I consider myself more of a moderate- uh, on my end, um this is a an industry, it's it's a business. So um, for me, I, I do my very best to reach with my good friends across the aisle. As you know, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I consider myself a moderate Republican, and I go to my friends across all the aisle, those friends in which are Democrats. I go to their events, whether they're in Sacramento. I try to get engaged. I think that's critically important. You have to start from, I think, a basis of friendship in order to build upon that basis mm-hmm. to start expanding policy. But there's a a cabinet uh, kitchen cabinet industry, which benefits financially from elections. Uh, You look at the U S Senate race in North Carolina, we're talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Right. For one U S Senate seat. And whether you're a consultant, the lobbyist, the printer, uh, the machine has to be quote unquote fed. And so it has to be spent. So I think the question lies is once that election is over, And male on both sides, including myself, Um, extremely negative and harsh. That's just part of the game. I think when you go into this field, uh, you're a bit like a boxer and you get punched in quote unquote in the face. It's just part of the process. But once we go into it, is there a possibility to meet the middle ground and be cordial? My friends across the other, they're going to endorse my opponent, which is absolutely fine. And they have to. I think the expectations are when you go into this game, so to speak, is you can play very hard on the field and football, and off the field, you can be civil. So the opportunities do rise where we can coordinate. And I think this election was extremely interesting because every election is different. Right. So in this election, I expected uh, a certain level of 2018, if you will, where there was a large turnout from uh, the Democratic base. Um, that in 2018, we saw a vote against uh, President Trump. In 2020, I expected that to also happen.
0: Right. Well. But one of the interesting things, and and not, you know, your district is, is multi-county, right? You've got Los Angeles, you've got San Bernardino and Orange County, and you did, you know, really well in Orange County and San Bernardino, you know, really tight, lost by a little bit in Los Angeles. Um, but that was also sort of interesting that in in my district, which you know was was the Josh Newman Ling Ling Chang fight, was the Young Kim Gil narrows fight, and Andrew Rodriguez against you. And so it was interesting to me that Ling um, Ling, Ling Chang lost, you won, and Young Kim won, and some of those were the same voters that were splitting. And so that was kind of interesting. And and do your consultants, do you have any insight to why that split happened?
1: That's a great question, Professor. So I'm playing Monday morning quarterback. Of uh, course, we all are. It, that's right. the fun okay. game, right? Yeah, uh, that's the fun game. So I I am not very good at handicapping races. Truth be told, there was five targets in the Assembly. I thought there was a large portion of those five Republican targets who would lose. That didn't prove to be the case. Five yeah. of those yeah. targets. One and we gained a seat in Santa Clarita, yeah. uh, former Christy Smith seat that, you know, when you ran against for Congress, against Garcia. Right. Uh, but to answer your question, I think it's super interesting. So the first thing I would say is uh, going to election, um, at least my office and myself, we were very purposeful in terms of keeping, quite frankly, a bit of arm's length with the Senate and the congressional races, because we wanted to have our own brand and our own sure, brand sure. is really just to work across the other aisle and to um, try to um, talk to, have a conversation with Republicans, Democrats, and MPPs. So our district, as you know, was changing. Before yeah. it was quote unquote, like a, a ruby red district, you know, maybe yeah. five, yeah. 10 years ago. Um, now it's purple. In fact, it's it's a democratic seat in the sense of pure registration. Right. However, right. in terms of turnout, um, the Republicans still come out and vote. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to be Republican in this seat, you have to rely on your base. You have to have some swing voters from the Democratic side. And ultimately what's at play, as we all know, are the independents and the no party progress right. and DTSs. Those are the ones that are quote unquote, up for grabs in terms of discussion, right? Because the assumption for most candidates will say, well, more than likely a Republican will vote Republican, more than likely a Democrat will vote Democrat. So what are the things that we can, in terms of have some type of advocacy? Um, The other thing is that we looked at the numbers. So whether it's Young and Ling and in L.A. County, um, Ling and I, we cover the exact same areas. Mm -hmm. The only area that Young covers more is Hacienda Heights and some parts of La Puente. Uh, San Bernardino County, we all cover Chino Hills. Um, Orange County is is different for us, but for San Bernardino County, we outperformed Young. We outperformed Ling. In L.A. County, we also outperformed Young and Ling, mm-hmm. and we can go by city by city. So we basically outperformed every city. And we didn't coordinate with them because I think they had a bit more, in my personal opinion, of a partisan stance. Um, uh-huh. That's one. And the second thing I would say is if you look at our, our quote unquote friends across the other aisle, um, Andrew Rodriguez, Josh Newman, and Gil Cisnero, there was a lot more coordination. Right. Um, for Young and Ling, I think they coordinated a bit more. For us, we kind of state our own camp. And I think if you're going to be a California Republican in California, right, you have to have your quote-unquote own brand, and right. you have to try right. to differentiate yourself from some of the partisan politics that you see nationally. And two, you have to build up a very, very large name ID, because that's going to be chipped away. Right. right. It definitely will be chipped away. So that means is um, if you're going to uh, serve the constituents, um, you have to, one, uh, build your name, my idea by just doing just <clears throat> basic quote unquote, non-sexy stuff. You know, Miller is events, yeah, TV, yeah. constituent services, right. DMV issues. Those are issues that I think if you're a voter, they don't really care if you're Republican or Democrat. If I call, they expect at least an answer. We may not always get the answer they want, but sure, at least you're accessible. So sure, that sure. is one. And two, we have to cover your six financially means you have to raise your own funds and not rely on the party to save you because the right. may or may not come. So I say that because at the beginning of the election, the California Democratic Party was sitting on 22 plus million dollars. The California Republican Party was sitting on two. So that <laughs> means if right. you want right. to, they have, it's not just my seat, they want to quote save right the right. entire state. Right congress right. senate assembly right so um you can't expect them to come and granted i did get some uh financial reprieve from my fellow assembly members on the republican side however the bulk of the funds raised was from my myself right yeah um so i think you have to build that and also i think the ie component of it So one race I really looked at that I thought was a very independent expenditures, right? The independent expenditures is not only the IEs in support for myself, but also opposition. Yeah. So I had about $650,000 of independent expenditures and it's business and also labor unions supporting me. I had 28,000 in opposition of me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you look at, um, Two races I think that are very interesting is the Morlock seat versus Dave Min, right, and Ling Ling versus Josh Newman. Clearly, their numbers in terms of how close they were very right. similar, right. However, right. in terms of spending, Morlock was outspent, but the IEs on Dave right. Min's side, labor unions, spent hard against More, Senator John Morlock.
0: Yeah, and now might see him in the supervisor's seat for Orange right. County.
1: The that's, musical that's, chairs. It's it's musical chairs, and um, you know so I've, I've
0: because Michelle Steele won the congressional seat, and John Morlock lost the Senate seat. He now is in position to run for Orange County Board of Supervisors.
1: That's that's correct, and you know, yeah. it, and I will say the caveat too is you know I've I've already supported and endorsed John, uh, Senator Morlock. With that said, you know I like to see a party expand where um, a a party that is inclusive. Uh, but also uh, listens to our friends in uh, labor and trades. Um, you know, um, I think because it's a special election, it favors Senator Moorlach. Um, If it was an election that was in a gubernatorial presidential year, it's much more up for grabs. Yeah. So yeah. this one favors him. So, you know, I think we need um, new blood in the party Um that is not only reflective of demographics of California, but also. yeah. So let's talk government. about
0: that. So let's first talk about, you know, I was a little bit surprised that the democratic party spent so much money going after your seat. Um, and just because h- how many seats do you need? How blue does the legislature need to be? Um, you're one of what? 17 um, Republicans in the assembly. So what is it like to be such a super minority political party in the body i mean it's tough to get anything done and on some level becoming a one-party state isn't good for anybody
1: that's a that's a great question so i think it's difficult i think it's especially difficult if you are in a seat like mine also in terms of my ideology my political philosophy is much more in the center if you and, and one are... of
0: the criticisms of your opponent was, you know, that you abstained from some votes. And I was like, I think he abstained because he didn't agree with the Republican Party on some of those. And then he's getting targeted and they're trying to take out a moderate Republican because it's easy. You can't go into one of those ruby, ruby, ruby red districts. So what is that like? How how do you navigate that as, as this super minority?
1: It's complicated. Um, and I think uh, you're going to see um, in the future, um, Republicans potentially becoming more conservative and possibly- It'll uh, be
0: all that's left.
1: That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And that, what, that statement is um, misleading, right? Because I think uh, Republicans need to be more reflective of the policies of the state of California. And the reason why, like you said, Professor, it's more conservative is because the only districts uh, that Republicans will be um, viable, possibly- Um, are districts in which are, you know, state of Jefferson. So the Oregon border, uh, Senator Brian Dolly, Assemblymember Megan Dolly, that is a ruby, ruby red district. You know, uh, areas like uh, former Assemblymember Melissa Melendez, now Senator Melissa Melendez, that's a a ruby red district. And those members will be much more conservative because (laughs) they can have the bread and butter issues for the hardcore conservatives, and that's all they need to do. If you just vote no. Uh, and you'll be fine. Right. For districts like mine, there's much more at play. Right. There's times in which you can have a lot of influence with uh, trades and labor organizations, uh, quote unquote women's right issues, marriage equality issues, things of that sort. Uh, in our district, I think that are much uh, more um, inclusive and much more reflective of the district. Um, so I think that is something that is um, um Possibilities and opportunities, it's exciting, but also it's kind of like a roller coaster up and down. Um, I would also say that um, there are opportunities for Republicans to be in Plain California. However, uh, in order for that to happen, Republicans have to be extremely proactive in terms of reaching out to our friends to see what those opportunities are. Um, And you can't just push The red button, and that's all that you do. So, um, technically, quite frankly, because the Democrats run the trains in the state of California uh, in the state legislature, Mm -hmm. they don't have to deal with us, especially with we're in the super minority basis, right? So, you have to go out and reach out to them. With that said, there are opportunities 100%. When Republicans and moderate Dems work together, you can block certain things, you can Mm -hmm. advance for certain things, you can change policy. And if you don't care to have your name on the bill, If you don't claim credit, you can write the bill and share it with your friends who's a mod dem. The the dynamics of a political um, um, campaign are difficult. And I say that because- Right. You
0: don't get to take credit for what you did.
1: You don't credit for what you did. That's one. Um, And even the sheer fact they let you co-author, they're doing you a favor because they don't have to do that, right? right? They can take your idea and use it, which is- it is what it is, it's, it's, it's fine.
0: Right. And
1: another thing I wanna uh, bring to uh, you know our discussion is, you cannot blame the parties to try to take seats, right? Every two years, the Republicans- No, yeah, that,
0: that's their job.
1: That's their job. That's the, the speaker and I are close friends, but it's his job right. to take away my seat, right? Yeah. And he has to play hard, but it doesn't mean we still can't be friends and try to communicate. Yeah. And the irony is this, the Republicans, have a quote-unquote better political uh, and policy ideology with the mod dems But guess what? The only seats that we can take are the ma-dem seats. Right. The Republicans are not going to go to San Francisco, like we're going right. to try to take out Senator Scott Wiener. It's not, you can spend $20 million. It's not going to work.
0: Right. right. So
1: we're working with ma-dems on policy on one hand, and two years from now, we're trying to take yeah. them out as well. So right. that's the complication. And it's very, politics is personal. And for me, Politics is about human relationships for me personally. So how do you take that very political as well as personal side of it while try to be objective to work on better policy together? That to me is that it's like the whole thing about life is having two very disparate ideologies in the same space.
0: Well, it's the same thing about negative campaigning, right? You know, you have to go negative because everybody goes negative. That's what works. And yet, to the voter, you feel like, well, everybody's bad. So it, it actually harms democracy because people have less trust in their elected officials. But that's the game.
1: Right,
0: right. And you can't get elected. And you can't actually get anything done unless you win an election. So, it, yeah, it's a, it's a complicated factor in the real world. So you talk about getting more, de- more Republicans, more people to run as Republican. How do you attract people to the party when you keep losing ground as a party? You know, Chad Mays uh, ran as an independent. Is, is that the, the future of, of kind of these mod Dems and moderate Republicans going independent? it's certainly what the voters you know have have been comfortable with as no political party affiliation is a a growing uh, you know registration is that a a new trend or is that a one-off because chad got in trouble with the republican party
1: well you know the older i get the more i realize that yeah public policy is nuanced and complicated there's not necessarily a quote-unquote right and wrong there's no black or white it's a gray area so depending on your experience your uh, demographics your region your locale what you think is right could be right and what you think is wrong could be wrong so yeah. um, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach so um whether you're a democrat republican god bless you my biggest thing is go out there and be active be informed and vote based on the best informed decision that you can possibly get um based on the research and, and time that you have um with that said i think the third party route in terms of being independence, I think, is difficult. One, um, uh, someone them, Chad May is a friend. I respect him dearly. Um, I think he did a very courageous thing. Uh, but also, I also think that he, I, he surprised a lot of people. He had a significant amount of help from the IE community in Sacramento. Yeah. But when you're independent, you're like a man with no country. Right. So uh, there, independence is not a party, there is no apparatus, right? And yeah. if you're independent, you have to have the financial wherewithal to say, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And let me put myself in front of you and give the voter the benefit of the doubt that they will look at it the very least and be like, okay, I'm, re- I'm a Republican. I vote Republican. Right. I'm a Democrat. I vote Democrat. Right. I have something in
0: common with you.
1: Right. I have something in common with you. It's very, very difficult, extremely difficult to change uh, human behavior. So government structures are easier to change than in terms of human behavior. So if they see an R next to my name, and let's just say that this current narrative, they don't like Trump because Trump is a Republican. Well, I'm a Republican, so they're going to vote against me. They may not know anything about me. Yeah, The most glaring thing is the R. So what? you have to give the voter the benefit of the doubt that they'll do that extra step to do a little bit of yeah. nuanced reading. So I think it's difficult. Um, And here's the other thing.
0: And and Chad (laughs) falls into the the same pattern that we've seen is the independents who get elected are former something else, right? Angus King, former Republican. Somebody, you know, Joe Lieberman was a Democrat, then he gets elected as an independent. So I I think that it's almost impossible without the name recognition. Independent expenditures are not gonna take a, a chance on you if they don't know you. And so I think that pattern probably is true that the only chance you have to win as an independent, at least so far, is to be former.
1: Correct. I I, a hundred percent agree with you. So like you said, he has a base in terms of name ID, that he can uh, have that. And a track record. And a track record. Right. And also his campaign wasn't targeted. He had a Democrat go into the general election, but there was no uh, large amounts of money going into it. And his, his, district is changing as well, right? It once was a Republican district. Now it's uh, in terms of registration, Democrat, um, Palm Springs, which is in his district has a all gay city council. Mm -hmm. Um, the areas around the inland empire around the area is completely changing. So if the California Democrat party, which they can put in, you know, $5 million in there, does that change the, the area, right? Once, right. Oh, there is a Democrat. It's a viable Democrat. So, you see, in terms of some of the past campaigns, well, including this one, you see a Democrat who, quote unquote, looks Republican. Right. Happens to have a D next to their name. So you look at um, Cotty Petras-Norris. Right. Right. She beat uh, Assemblymember, former Assemblymember Matt Harper, uh, Diane Dixon, who, uh, who yeah. ran against uh, her and she was a Republican candidate. She, quote unquote, looks Republican. Right. And mm-hmm. this is a um, Melissa Fox, the same thing with Steve Toy. Uh, This is um, purposeful, I think, right? The quote, unquote, they look Republican. They also happen to be a Democrat, but they also are a woman in which they kind of cover a lot of the bases in terms of the the picture appeal uh, where, you know, most people see a a political postcard or mail piece in 7, 10 seconds, right? Right. So it kind of checks the boxes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... I'm sort of wondering how how blue can California go in the legislature right how many seats can they pick up I think we now have more Democratic senators than um, any time since 1883 um, um, so that that doesn't mean that California voters are hyper left or liberal. And and we see that with Prop 15, with Prop 16, that were heavily promoted by the Democrats, um, losing uh, Prop 21, rent control lost everywhere except for Alameda and San Francisco counties. Um, Prop 16 lost uh, really big. Um, Prop 15 was to raise taxes. Prop 16 was to repeal affirmative action, and Prop 21, rent control. Um, you know that the the. the, the Petition to recall Gavin Newsom has gotten new life um, after his, uh, you know, uh, uh, mistakes on his kids going to school as he's telling people not to send their kids in person and the French laundry restaurant debacle, which, you know, it again, as, as I tell my students all the time, the hypocrisy of our leaders doesn't change the science that we shouldn't, ha- and and the state of California may be facing another lockdown as the numbers are surging. But there's clearly a lot of, of conservatives, there's clearly a lot of moderates, there's clearly a lot of people who don't want one party rule. So what, what do you see kind of the position of the Republican Party to appeal to those voters that doesn't go the Trump route? Because that I mean, clearly, we saw you know the number of you know Biden winning by two thirds, the the votes. Um, so where did those voters go? Because I know a lot. I mean, I think you know the the most popular party in in my set of Gen X Orange County folks who grew up with Ronald Reagan is former Republican. They are not joining Democratic Party, but they have no idea what the Republican Party is. So. So as 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 a representative of the party, you know, what's where do you go to get those voters? Cuz I think they feel like and I and I talk to a lot of voters who just feel like there is no party that represents them. Right, right. And they think- want to go to the dance. <laughs> they want to be asked.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um I, um, that's a $60 million question, right? Um, I think, and I hope that there's going to be a voter that, um, doesn't vote based on party. And I talked about this in your class professor where, I worked for LA County Supervisor Mike Antonovich. He at the time was the most conservative Republican in LA County. Um, and there was two, uh, Republicans on the board, um, out of five. So three Democrats, two Republicans. And you know even though he was ideologically a conservative Republican, but he also, he went across the aisle all the time and he voted on things that was less about partisanship, but rather about region. So he worked closely with Supervisor Malina, yeah. who was a Democrat, Supervisor Jaroslavsky, who's also a Democrat. Um, so I think when it comes to uh, opportunities of non-partisanship in a non-partisan seat, they're often more readily available. <clears throat> but I think the voter... Um, because of kind of the information that you've discussed about in terms of propositions going down from um, uh, Prop 16 uh, to um, uh, ending the possibilities of reducing the amount of people in the gig, gig economy, independent contractors, yeah. role, which, quite frankly, I was surprised with all of that. Right. i passing, very surprised that there perhaps is a possibility of the voter saying, hey, I'm just going to vote. Based on the information I receive, and not vote based on a party affiliation, I still think that's extremely, extremely difficult. But I look at it from the national sense because California we are an island into itself. We are right. we're different from the rest of the country. The yeah. rest of the country yeah. thinks very differently from California, or vice versa. Right. Um, I think that if you look at in terms of my numbers uh, from what I see in my district. Trump was not well liked, right? Trump was not well liked, and in fact, uh, based on just the um, who would you vote for, Republican or Democrat, for the for the legislature, Mm
0: -hmm. it
1: was forty nine percent Democrat, right? Mm Forty nine percent of they vote for Democrat, which you know, as you know, once it goes to fifty one, it's game over, right? But if you can go into having a relationship, if you will, with the voter, it does change things up. Sure. Look at the national level, and I see that. Overall, for Republicans, it was, quite frankly, a great night. Yes. It was a great which,
0: night. Which is part of the problem with, with the whole idea of a rigged election. It seems like if you were going to rig an election, you would take all of it. Right. Right. You would take right. the United States Senate. You would pick up exactly in the House. If you exactly. were going to steal an election the right way, right. you would take all of those seats. And it was very much split. It was very much a referendum on Trump.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and a referendum on, on some of the Democratic messaging.
1: And I'm not saying I support or don't support some, but what I'm saying that based on that type of voting yeah. methodology, that gives me a hope that the voter is thinking, utilizing critical thinking skills and saying, hey, I, I may not like President Trump, but on the Senate, like you said, nationally, the U.S. Senate seats were retained by the Republicans. Yep. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. And the congressional seats, they won, what, 12 to 15? Uh, congressional yeah, states, yeah. the Republican side, they didn't flip yeah, it, yeah. but I think what it says is that voters are thinking, hey, I am a Democrat, well, I'm just, make, I'm just saying this for instance, sure. I'm a Democrat, but I don't want to support split rule. I'm a Democrat, but I don't want to support, um, I'm going I'm to vote no on Prop 16, right? So I think that's nuanced, and I think nuanced yeah. policy is great. Nuanced policy where I think if the voter actually does some heavy lifting, uh, between his or her ears, it changes the dynamics of politics. Right? People always complain how there's too much money in politics, and I I'm with you, right? But in terms of our constitutions, it's kind of like our freedom of speech, right? right? Of funds, you know. There's a campaign contribution limit, but there's IEs. But if the voter does the majority mm-hmm. of the thinking is say, I'm not going to listen to who has the most mail pieces, social media, et cetera. I'm just going to vote. It changes the, the, the way politicians have to talk. It changes the policy discussion. It changes the agenda. And when I see stuff like that, it, it quite frankly, gives me, it gives me some level of hope.
0: Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And, and I always feel like there should be an opt out uh, a, a button somewhere where I can say, you know, I've done all my research. Thank you very much. I don't need any of your mailers. Um, I probably know more about the propositions than you do, so uh, stop sending me stuff. But you know, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. They got, well, they will, they got it. They will
1: introduce that in the twenty-one legislative, uh <laughs> professor.
0: Maybe maybe I could take a quiz to prove I I know who I'm going to vote for and what how I'm going to vote on the propositions and earn. Yeah. Earn a, an opt-out ticket or something—I don't know—but but then I wouldn't have the examples for my class, so that doesn't work either. Right. Um. So before I go, I really appreciate you ask, answering all these questions. But I like to ask my guests some of these. Um. So what's the on a personal level? What's the best advice you've gotten?
1: Um. It's um something I've have the great opportunity and luxury and um, honor of, of the saying with your class is uh, um, embrace the struggle. Um. I've had uh, failures uh, in my career and my political life, as you know, I I lost in 2014, Um, but I also cherish that loss. And it may sound ironic, but uh, no one can ever take that loss away from me and the lessons that I learned from that loss. Mm -hmm. And I tell your class that um, oftentimes when you succeed in life, you don't go back to the drawing board and just analyze, did I do everything right? But when you lose, um, you have more of an incentive to go back and say, what did I do wrong? Um, those failures are, are very precious to me. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of losing. I don't, <laughs> I don't like losing at all, uh, but those losses are life yeah. lessons. And um, I think that if you, um, you lose or you fail, um, it's no longer about the quote unquote negative connotation failing. You either quote unquote win or you learn. So uh, every failure is a learning opportunity. And unfortunately, some lessons cannot be learned unless you fail. And I think right. we're in a society that is very pleasure seeking and pain avoidance. Right. But we have to embrace that um, the yeah. tougher quote unquote world less tra- traveled.
0: Yeah. And, and I think it's absolutely true in almost every area of life. And, and it's so counterintuitive, but we need, we need to encourage more failure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So Um, what's a book that you like to recommend to people? Our reading lists are being built.
1: I was actually recommended this book by Heath Rothman when I was in college. And it's the 48 laws of power by Robert Greene. It's one of my favorite books. And uh, when people read it, I think they may say, Oh, it's Machiavellian. And there are examples of uh, The Prince and Machiavelli's book, um, but it's really a history lesson, right? And it's a great book in terms of tactics and strategies, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, in
1: terms of um, what is power? How do we gain power? How do we hold on to power? How do people lose power? Because I think there's no new ideas under the sun, in my opinion. Um, Everything that we've seen in this election cycle, we've seen for thousands of years in previous election cycles or just human relationships. Mm-hmm. And those human relationships um, are nuanced, are complicated, are in the gray area. And the nice thing about 48 Laws of Power is it brings lies and utilizes stories um, that are extremely complicated and diverse, whether it's an Eastern or Western philosophy, and it puts it together. And it brings it in a way it's very layman's terms when mm-hmm. one can understand, right? It's not philosophy or history for the sake of philosophy and history. Yeah. It's, hey, How do I live my life, right? Yeah. What do I yeah. want to do, right? And maybe you don't want to run for office, but in this book can help um, teach you tactics and strategies, but also it kind of gets to what I think is the most important thing is, is why. What, what is your why? We often know what um, how to get there, what we want, but most people may not know uh, their why. And so I'm a big fan of that book.
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. And uh, is there a hopeful message you can share with our, our listeners?
1: Um, well, I know. A little
0: hope for 2020?
1: 2020, 2020 um, was a very complicated, is a complicated and very rough year. But um, I have a lot of faith in humanity. And uh, human beings are complex, Um this year, I've also seen a lot of hope in terms of us coming together uh, for um, our public health issue uh, with COVID nineteen, but also our economics. So, um, I really think that we can just bound together and uh, move greater to a, a additional uh, better year in twenty twenty one. So, just um, hold tight. Um, I think uh, we'll do just fine. But uh, I appreciate the opportunity to to be on the podcast, Professor.
0: Thanks. And finally, uh, who should we talk to next?
1: Um, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of folks in legislature I'm big fans of, and I'll be happy to set that up. But uh, I think uh, Assemblyman Evan Lowe, who is mm. a dear friend, is a great person. He's a uh, an assembly member in the Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah.
1: He's had a lot of success in terms of reaching uh, across both sides and also a very strong Democrat. Uh, he's a, a, a really good person, I think, to speak to. Uh, also uh, a member of the LGBTQ caucus. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him because <clears throat> he had a, a bill that dealt with conversion therapy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, he was something that um, had a negative experience in that. And he talked about it in his bill and he had the votes to pass the bill, but he didn't pass the bill, even though the governor would have signed it. He went down to Southern California, which is not his district.
0: Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. met
1: with pastors in Yerba Linda and Brea that were against his bill. He didn't have to do that. Um and he met with him to talk about why he supported the bill and his own personal life experience. So I think when people like that go into it knowing that um I'm gonna have an honest discussion, even though at right. the end of the likelihood of you disagreeing with me is still very high, is extremely admirable. So I think he's an excellent person to talk to. I love it. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna put him on my list for 2021.
1: Good. And I'll be happy to to set that up.
0: I would love that. Yeah. And and uh for uh my I Do a Sacramento class. So, we're going to get some California state officers uh, on on the podcast as well. So, I'll definitely be hitting you up for some contacts. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, uh, thanks for listening to A Slice of Orange. So, I really want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, We're going to take a short hiatus for uh, the winter break and be back in January. So, enjoy the holidays. Stay safe. um, Stay home. And we'll see you in 2021. Thanks.